It was the dawning of a new decade. We got our first microwave, and Dad broke down and finally shaved them old sideburns off. I took the stickers off of my Rubik's Cube. I watched MTV all afternoon, and my first love was that Daisy Duke. A space shuttle fell out of the sky, and the whole world cried. It was 1980-something in the world that I grew up in skating ranks and black transams, big hair and parachute pants. And looking back now, I can see me, and oh man, did I look cheesy. But I wouldn't trade those days for nothing. Oh, it was 1980-something. Any Mark Wills fans out there? Song to, uh, lyrics to the song, 19-something. Well, uh, even though I still miss the 80s and my childhood, and enjoy listening to 80s music every now and then. I, I have grown and matured a great deal. Okay, great deal might be arguable. I've grown much since my adolescent days. We, we, we all grow up, right? Uh, we all grow up. We all change. Um, some of us grow faster than others. I, th- I think Malachi might pass me before Christmas. Um, but we all grow and mature. And I know some of us... Um, continue to grow in the wrong places but um, the fact is we all grow we we all grow Uh, we all change things change things are in a constant state of change and sometimes I think it's necessary for us to change in order to grow as we should so Jesus has something to say about this in Matthew uh, chapter 18 and I want to I want to look at a few verses this morning that focus on Um, Jesus teaching us that change is necessary for our spiritual growth. So I'm going to read from Matthew 18, 1 to 5. I'm going to invite you to stand as I read from this gospel, Matthew 18, 1 to 5. Uh, I'm going to read the NIV, the New International Version. Matthew 18, 1 to 5. Let me read this for us, and then we'll, we'll take a few minutes to think about what this passage says. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for the power and truth of your word. God, we, would you speak the truth and power of your word into our hearts and lives this morning. Again, help us to hear what you're saying and help us to respond appropriately. For we ask this in Christ's name, amen. Please have a seat. So Jesus says right there in verse three, unless you change, you won't enter the kingdom. So I, I, I've been thinking about this idea of change and, and specifically why it is so difficult for so many people. And I think it's the whole idea of getting outside of our comfort zone. I think for the most part, I know this is true of me, I think many of us are creatures of habit. And when we kind of get out of that routine, when any little disruption comes into our routine, uh, we tend to get a little uncomfortable or uneasy. How many of you have not changed at all in the last 10 years? Yeah, how many of you, um, is your hair the same length that it was 10 years ago? Is, is <laughs> Scott Campbell and Ron Curran. 
Okay, that's one. Keep track of how many yeses you get. How many, how, hair the same color. Yeah, not, not me. Much lighter. Um, do you weigh the same amount as you did, the same amount you did 10 years ago? Is the furniture in your home in the same place it was 10 years ago? Do you even live in the same home you lived in 10 years ago? Do you drive the same vehicle you drove 10 years ago? Do you have the same friends? You know, it's, it's, it's possible that you answered yes to one or two of those questions. If you answered yes to all of them, you, you might want to go ahead and check your pulse. Th- things change. Th- things are constantly changing. I mean, that's the way life is. Life is ever changing. So for me, there's one, there's one question that comes to my mind in this area. Maybe this question has passed through your mind already. The question is this. Why should we change when the Bible tells us that God never changes, right? I mean, doesn't the Bible say God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Yes, the Bible does say that. His love, his holiness, his nature, his characteristics, those things will never change. But to think that God doesn't change the way he works in the world and works through us would really be inconsistent with what we know to be true even simply from looking at a few um, stories in scripture, which we're gonna do right now. So again, we're talking about how God changes how he works in the world and through us. So who, who instituted in the Old Testament the system of making sacrificial offerings for the forgiveness of sins? That was God, right? That, that was God's idea. Every year the Israelites were to bring a lamb and make a sin offering, and the shed blood of that lamb would offer forgiveness of sins for that man and for his entire family. This was God's plan in the Old Testament. You've probably noticed we don't host an annual lamb sacrifice Sunday around here. Why? Because there's a new plan. There's a different plan. God instituted his perfect plan of salvation by sending Jesus to die on the cross once and for all for our sins, his shed blood, forgives us of our sins once and for all when we place our faith and trust in him. So God changed his method for the forgiveness of sins. Think about the story of Abraham and Lot. Abraham is pleading with God to save Lot and his family from the wicked city of of Sodom. God, God is determined to destroy everything and everyone in this city, but Abraham pleads and bargains with God and God changes his plans because of the prayers of Abraham. The Bible says in James 5.16, the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. We should never take our prayers lightly because clearly God takes them very seriously. And many times in the Gospels, we, we see Jesus being moved by the hurting crowds around him. He and his disciples are moving in one direction. He hears a story or somebody asking about a healing that needs to take place. Jesus stops he changes and goes in a different direction and goes to that home or location to bring healing. So Jesus changes his mind and changes his plans. What I want to remind us of here this morning is that there is nothing unspiritual about change. Yeah, it's difficult. It's not easy for those of us creatures of habit. Change is not easy. But we need to be able to break out of our comfort zone and accept those changes and those challenges that God brings before us. I want to focus on verses three and four for the rest of our time this morning. Jesus speaking, he says, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is teaching the disciples about their attitude. Um, we could try and guess why, why Jesus felt it necessary uh, to say these words, but it seems, uh, it seems to me that maybe the disciples were thinking more of themselves than, than they should have been. Because one of them comes to Jesus and asks, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I mean, in that question alone, we, we can see the human mindset about greatness, about competition. Who, 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 who's number one? Who, who, who's on top? Who, who's the best? We see it in sports, of course, but really we see it in all of life. This, this is the world's way of viewing greatness. It's the most powerful. It's the most athletic it's the richest the most intellectual the most daring the best looking and on and on and on that's how the world evaluates who's the best and who's on top it's it's competitive that's the way it is and if we're not careful we can fall into this way of thinking as well from time to time but Jesus is teaching us here um, something different about those who will make it into the kingdom of heaven and we, we need to hear this teaching Jesus says unless we change and become like little children, we won't enter the kingdom. So what is he talking about? What, what is it about young children that, that, that is so appealing? Well, I think there's three characteristics that I want to highlight for us this morning that can help us to see this a little bit more clearly. Number one is trusting. Children are trusting. Little children are totally trusting. Children don't ask for second opinions, right? And in the same way, we need to be totally trusting in God, completely trusting in God, having faith and confidence in his ability to provide for us and give us direction. If he promises to do that, if he promises to take care of us, why do we doubt that? Why, why do we question? Why do we wonder? We, we need to, to trust him completely. Trust is a big issue that we need to get settled in our own life for our own spiritual good, for our own ability to grow spiritually because without trust there is no spiritual growth so number one we need to be completely trusting in God and his ways and his plans number two is obedient now you might think hold on a second children obedient well you know what if they are disciplined and trained they are obedient maybe not 100% of the time but for the most part children obey what they're told obedience so crucial to the Christian life I believe obedience is key to knowing joy and peace and contentment in life. Without obedience, we are outside of God's will. And when we are outside of God's will, we are outside of God's blessing as well. A child that obeys his parents is a blessing to both his parents and to all those around him or her. And the same thing is true with us as we grow and mature spiritually, right? When we are obedient to God in our lives, everyone around us is blessed because of that. Many Many benefit by our obedience to God. I'm confident our families, our relationships, our marriages can all benefit when we are totally obedient to God in all things. Are you being obedient to what God wants for you in your walk with him? Because in the Christian life, obedience isn't a suggestion, it's a requirement. So number one is trusting, number two is obedient. Finally, number three this morning is humility. Jesus says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is telling us here, again, utmost importance, humility, gotta have it, has to be part of the deal. 
Humility is not seeking after recognition. It's not being concerned with who gets the credit, not being concerned with who's number one, who's on top. Humility is being willing to be last, consistently putting the needs of others before our own. I would argue probably one of the greatest characteristics of the Christian and yet the one that probably the most of us need to work on the most. Humility has everything to do with recognizing who we are living for. We're not, we're not living for ourselves. We're not living our lives in such a way that people will see us and praise us and be impressed or amazed in some way. We should be living our lives in order to glorify Christ in all that we do. I'm reminded of Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Paul writes, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So it's all about understanding who and what we are living for. I realize these three areas do not come naturally for many of us. I, I realize that. They only come as we consistently surrender our lives to God day by day, moment by moment, and allow him to make the changes necessary in our lives in order to live this holy lifestyle that honors and pleases him. Trust, obedience, and humility. It's only through change that we will grow. And it has to begin with each of us individually. Trust, obedience, and humility were the three hallmarks of Jesus when he walked this earth. And when we are careful to live our lives close to him, we will begin to reflect those traits more and more frequently. And the opposite is true. When we live our lives further and further away from Christ, the less we will reflect those traits in our lives and the more we will become contaminated by the sin and debris of the broken world in which we live. God's desire is that we draw close to him so he can draw close to us and we can become more and more like him, trusting, obedient, and humble. I want to close this morning by telling, I've told this story a thousand times. It's my favorite story. Um, so I apologize if you've heard it before, but it's, but it's a great one. So I don't think you'll be disappointed. But this is the, the story of the keeper of the springs, a beautiful story which I think illustrates this uh, text this morning. So in an Austrian village um, on the eastern slope of the Alps lived this keeper of the springs. He lived high up in the mountains, and every day he would walk around the, the hills and the mountains above this beautiful spring below, this beautiful village below. And he would walk through all the streams and rivers and creeks that would flow down into the spring and he would remove all the sticks and stones and leaves and debris and silt and anything that would contaminate the fresh flow of water into the beautiful spring below. Now this village was picturesque beyond description. I mean, beautiful white graceful swans swam on the water. The mill wheels of businesses around the lake would, would turn day by day. The, the restaurants were filled um, with people uh, dining with a view of the lake to see the beautiful, beautiful water. Farmlands were naturally irrigated from this spring. It was just this picture-perfect village. Well, one day, um, the town council was meeting to review the budget, and, and they saw this small purse being paid to this keeper of the springs, and they decided, you know what, we don't, we don't really need 
this keeper of the springs. We never see him. He's just a hermit who lives up there in the mountains. Let, let's do away with this position. There, there's some money we can save in the budget right there. So they cut that position. They went up in the mountains and informed him. Sir, thank you for all your years of service, but we, we no longer need your services. Thank you. So he stopped going around the hills every morning, cleaning all the streams and rivers feeding that spring. Well, within a couple of weeks, a yellow film began to appear on the lake. The swans found a new home <laughs> to go swim. The mill wheels began to turn more slowly and more slowly until some ground to a halt. The restaurants could not keep customers because they couldn't stand the view or the smell of the lake anymore. The town council quickly realized <laughs> their gross error in judgment and immediately hired back the keeper of the springs. He began the next morning going through all those streams and creeks, feeding the beautiful lake below, clearing the dirt, the debris, the sticks, the stones, anything that might contaminate. And within a couple of weeks, the beautiful, clear water of the lake returned. The swans came back to swim. The mill wheels of the businesses began to turn. The restaurants began to fill up with both locals and visitors. And things returned to normal. What's the, what's the point of that story? You and I are the keeper of our own spiritual springs, right? If, if, if we don't pay attention to clearing away the debris, becoming more trusting, more obedient, and more humble, when we fail to do that, the debris of the world gets in and contaminates. We need to be faithful and diligent about being the keeper of the springs of our own spiritual soul so we can reflect Christ to this world that desperately, desperately needs to see him. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, put you together, spirit and soul, body and mind, making you more trusting, more obedient, and more humble so you can go into this world and reflect him and all that you say and do. Go in his grace and his strength today. God bless you. You are dismissed.